into the fifth week of our, our series called Central. We continue to work our way through the book of Galatians. Today we're going to be looking at chapter 5. But before we jump into it, I just want to make one quick review note about what we talked about last week. We talked about in chapter 4, we talked about how we're adopted into the family of God through a relationship with Jesus Christ. How we've been called to repent of our sins and show our commitment to Christ by following through with a public declaration through water baptism. And this morning, we're going to be talking about this idea of freedom through Christ. I love that we ended our worship time with singing Amazing Grace. My chains are gone, I've been set free. It was the perfect song for this morning. Because this morning we're talking all about how we've been set free through Christ. Free through Christ. So this morning, we've got, I've got a little video that's going to get us started off with where we're going this morning. So this video is about three girls who were in Cleveland who were actually kidnapped by a gentleman for almost 10 years. 10 years before they were set free. And so go ahead, we're going to watch this quick video. Three men accused of abducting and holding women hostage are in jail this morning awaiting arraignment as this neighborhood and even the family members are trying to piece all this together, wondering if there were any clues they may have missed. Overnight, FBI and Cleveland police investigators have searched the home of Ariel Castro, the prime suspect in the abduction of the three women. This image, provided to ABC News by a neighbor, shows Castro smiling with friends. But this morning, police suggest behind the smile, Castro was hiding a dark secret. Three girls were held 
captive for 10 years. And some of you may remember, this was 2013, when they found these three women who at this point were in their 20s, had been held captive in this man's basement for 10 years before finally a few of the people in the neighborhood had kind of caught on and figured out what was going on. They were held captive. They were slaves to this man in his house. They were slaves. They had no freedom. They were stuck in this man's house. They were underneath his rule in his house. I can't imagine what it would have been like to be one of those girls. Being trapped for 10 years. 10 years of your life basically being gone forever. And now you get the chance to experience freedom. What would be the first thing you would do after being set free? What do you think would be the first thing you would do? Today we're going to talk about, as I said, this topic of being free. Of freedom through Christ. As we read about it from Galatians chapter 5. The first verse of chapter 5 says this. For freedom, Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to the yoke of slavery. What is the yoke of slavery that the Galatian church kept going back to all the time? We've been talking about this over the course of this series. They keep going back to this yoke of slavery. What is it? It's the law. They keep going back to the Mosaic law. They keep going back to trying to find righteousness in and of themselves over and over again, we keep talking about that. The first chapter of Galatians, week one, we talked about this. Apostle Paul is telling them, remember, there's only one true gospel. And that's the gospel of Jesus Christ. One true gospel. Anything else is a false gospel. There's only one true gospel. Not the Mosaic Law, not any other version of the gospel. There's one true gospel. And that is the gospel of Jesus Christ. So stop trying to hold on to anything else or any other version of a story. That's what we keep reading and seeing over and over again through the book of Galatians. So if we try to follow the law to prove that we're righteous, we read and it says that righteousness is nothing but a bunch of filthy rags we read throughout Scripture. Or I use another illustration that it's like a used napkin. Right? When you go to a restaurant and, and you eat and then you take your napkin and you wipe off your face and you wipe your hands and everything, that dirty napkin, that, that's the same thing it resembles, is our righteousness when we try to do it in and of ourselves, is like a used, dirty napkin. That's the best thing we can offer when we try to do it on our own. But Paul says, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. It's for freedom. The reason why Christ came to the earth was to set man free. He was born in a manger, and he lived among people with a mission. What was that mission? It was to set you and I free. It was to set people free. I love the way we read it in John 10.10. 10. It said, The thief came only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. Jesus came that we may have life and have it more abundantly. Now that sounds like freedom to me. Amen? What do you think of when you hear the word slavery? 
right? Some of us, we have a picture in our mind of what slavery looks like based on what we learn about back in school, right? We think of the old history. We think of African slaves or maybe Indian slaves. We think of old school slave talk when we think about that. Or maybe we think of the more modern type of slavery today, such as maybe human trafficking. We think of women and children being stuck in human human trafficking where they're hidden away somewhere and they're, they're serviced multiple times a day and we think of that type of slavery today. Or maybe we think of a kidnapped victim like that where they're stuck in a basement for years and years where no one has any idea where they are, but they're literally right in the middle of an urban area. Slavery. There's many different forms of slaves. But in the Old and New Testament, slaves were typically much different from the picture of slavery that you and I think of in this day and age today. Regardless, when someone is a slave, he or she would love to be set free. The problem is, as a slave, you don't have the ability to set yourself free, right? When you're a slave, you don't get to go, hey, today, I'm free, right? You don't have the ability to set yourself free as a slave. If that was the case, slaves would just go, okay, I'm free. I'm no longer a slave anymore. So as we continue to read on, we're going to skip down to verse 13 of Galatians chapter 5 now. For it says, for you are called to freedom, brothers, only do... Do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. For the whole law is fulfilled in one word. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. But if you bite and devour one another, watch out that you are not consumed by one another. Here Paul is saying, you want to fulfill the law? Well then, use your freedom to do what? To serve one another. That's how you use your freedom. Use it to serve one another. It would be ridiculous for a slave who'd been set free to say, you know what, I've been set free. I'm going to turn around and return to prison. That's what I want to do. I've been set free. Wait, never mind. I'm going to turn around and I'm going to go back to prison. That's what I want to do. Right? Or it'd be like those three women who had now been set free going, you know what, never mind. I'm going to turn around and I'm going to go back and I'm going to live in that basement again. No, right? You would never do that. When you're set free, you go to live free. Paul goes on to say, but through love, serve one another. If we want to really fulfill the law, we need to serve one another in love. Serving each other in love. So getting back to this idea of the law, that's what they kept getting trapped on, was the law. We're going to look at the Ten Commandments for just a moment. They're going to be on the screen right here behind me. Right? So we've got, you shall have no other gods before God. You shall, make no, you shall not make idols. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. Remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. Honor your father and your mother. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. You shall not covet. How many of you know what the word batching means? The word batching. Batching is when you arrange things in a set or a group based on a commonality. So you go, oh, all these things have something common. I'm going to batch them together. These things have something common. I'm going to batch them together. Well, the following the law can be batched by doing one simple thing. 
love. Love. You can put them all together by the word love. So if you look at this, the first four commandments are all back together, one through four, by loving God. One through four, loving God. And then five through six are all by loving one another. So one through four, loving God. Five through six, by loving one another. Love. Loving one another. Loving God. So if you're busy walking in the love of God, you'll automatically be fulfilling what the law is asking us to do, which is loving God and loving people. Paul goes on to say, as we pick it back up in verse 16, But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of your flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. For they are opposed to each other, to keep you from doing the things you want to do. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Right? You see, flesh and spirit, they're opposed to each other. They cannot exist together at the same time. So what are you supposed to do when you're free? You walk in freedom. Paul is telling us how to walk in freedom. He says, this is how you walk in freedom. He says, be led by the Spirit. That's how you walk in freedom. Allow the Holy Spirit to lead you in your life. The Holy Spirit is literally leading your every step and every day of your life. To me, when I think about this, this is a huge relief. So I'm going, you know what? That means I don't have to figure everything out. I don't have to know exactly what I'm doing. I go, Holy Spirit, lead me, guide me, direct me. My job is to be obedient and follow the Holy Spirit's directing. My job isn't to get up today and go, what's my agenda? What am I doing today? My job is to get up and go, Holy Spirit, what do you have for me today? Okay, now I, I follow what the Holy Spirit is asking me to do. Being led by the Holy Spirit. Following through with obedience. Our flesh and the Spirit are constantly at odds with each other, are constantly opposed to one another, Scripture tells us. We're going to continue reading about this idea as we, we look at verse 19 and on. Now the works of the flesh are evident. It says sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, Enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is what? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Because of the gospel, Christians are free from the works of the flesh. We are free from the slavery to the things Paul named in the first part of that passage there. Jesus died so we don't have to be slaves for our sexual urges anymore. He died to set us free from idolatry and evil practices. A new life in Christ literally changes our attitude and our character. The Holy Spirit leads you to live in what's known as the fruit of the Spirit. We only experience the fruit of the Spirit if we're walking free from sin and walking in step 
with the Spirit, as we read in the closing verse of this chapter. Verse 25 and 26 is, If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. Right? Finally, it says, let us not become conceited, provoking one another, or envying one another. Again, we're able to do we're able to do that as we allow the Spirit to lead us in our life. It's all about allowing the Holy Spirit to lead us. Because as we allow the Holy Spirit to lead us, we're saying no to our flesh and saying yes to the Holy Spirit leading us in our lives. Because we can only allow one of them to lead us and direct us. We can't say, oh, flesh, you get 50%, Holy Spirit, you get 50%. It does not work like that. So if I had to summarize this chapter in, in three quick points or, or just to look at it, what is God telling us, or better yet, how does this apply to us today? A gospel-centered Christian, number one, serves one another in love. We serve one another in love. Number two, Christians keep in step with the Holy Spirit. We ought to live in step with the Holy Spirit each and every day, allowing the Spirit to lead us, guide us, direct us in all that we're doing. And finally, the third one, a gospel-centered life will be evident by the fruit of the Spirit. A gospel-centered life will be evident by the fruit of the Spirit in our lives. As born-again believers, we are meant to have a real relationship with the Lord and have a growing desire to know more of who Jesus is and what he asks of us. Gospel-centered Christians know what they want because they have knowledge of the Bible. They serve one another in love because we are family. As we talked about last week, we are heirs of Christ. We are brothers and sisters in the family of God. And we keep in step with the Holy Spirit each and every day through his leading and directing in our lives. So here's a question for you. How are the fruit of the Spirit evident in your life? Are you seeing love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, kindness, and self-control in your life? I know that not every day isn't always easy to exercise each of these fruits. And not every day will we always see all these fruit in our lives. But as we allow the Holy Spirit to direct us and lead us, the fruit become more and more evident in our lives each and every day. Today I want to challenge you to respond to the gospel and have your life changed. To be free from the bondage of sin and walk in freedom, freedom Jesus has bought for you. If you're here today and you have not made that decision to give your life to the Lord and start a relationship with Him, I want to give you an opportunity to do so. And so real quickly, with every head bowed and every eye closed, no one looking around, I want to give an opportunity to do that. So if you would like to do that this morning, if you want to start a relationship with the Lord, if you'd like to say, you know what, I'm ready to do that, real quickly, just by placing your hand in the air and putting it right back down, I'll say you do that now.
You can look back up here too. If you're here and you're already a follower of Jesus, I want to challenge you to look at your life in light of this chapter and just see, am I serving and loving one another in love each and every day? Is, is my life reflective of the fruit of the Spirit? Am, am I allowing the Holy Spirit to lead me each and every day? Or am I operating in the work, works of the flesh? What am I allowing to lead me? Am I allowing the Holy Spirit to lead me, or am I allowing the flesh to lead me each and every day? So that's an honest question we need to ask ourselves. Who's leading me, my flesh or the Holy Spirit? Some days it might be one, and some days it might be the other. But hopefully it's the Spirit more than it's the flesh. And hopefully it consistently over time becomes the Spirit each and every day. So I want to invite the worship team to come back up at this point, and we're going to close out our time with prayer, and I want to ask them if they would lead us through amazing grace again. Because we've been set free. As believers in Christ, we don't have to live in our sin, in our shame anymore. The chains of our past have been broken, and we've been set free. No matter what addictions or whatever we may have struggled with before, they've been forgiven. But sometimes we struggle to really let them go. We, we struggle to say, you know what? I, I know that I've been forgiven and I know that maybe I, I don't struggle with it anymore, but we struggle to really let it go. Today I want to encourage you to say, you know what? It's time to say, I have truly been set free for my sins, and today I'm ready to walk in 100% freedom, freedom through Christ, and no longer am I going to carry that weight and that burden anymore, and I'm going to walk in total freedom.